What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Another Wednesday mix on a Thursday. Sean had a little bit of uh, an event yesterday, so we had to push it to Thursday, but that's all right. We're back. We're keeping it rolling every single week for you guys. This week, we jumped right in. We talked a little MLB, just did a little housekeeping with some awards and signings. Following that, I had a NBA rant, and then Sean had his NBA rant. It feels like a pattern this year. We're going to be doing that a lot. Following that, we talked the college football slate, and then we talked NFL. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports and enjoy the pod. get to sleep at a reasonable hour. How you doing, man? You're a great guy. Um, I'm excited to watch the Thursday night game tonight. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm, it's it's getting cold up here, man. I'm getting tired of it already. Dude, I heard that. First of all, how was Boston last weekend? Boston was fun. It was a hell of a trip. Uh, left here, got out of work early. That's what you can do when you're a boss. No big deal. Um, no big deal. CEO, flex, whatever. Left, left. Uh, my apartment at probably 2.30. Didn't get to the Celtics game until halftime because it took us like four hours to get up there. Um, I'm going to be looking into, again, planes, trains, not <laughs> automobiles, anything. But, um, you know, I, I, any, I don't know. I mean, I drive a lot for work, which is fine because I get paid, so it doesn't really bother me. But... When I'm doing it for free, anything over two and a half hours, three hours just murders me. So I think I'm destined to either have Michaela get rich or, and I'll be rich because I'm marrying her or I'll get rich. And I just, I need a private jet, dude. I, I need a PJ. Yeah, man, listen, I get it. Um, as you know, I know that drive all too well from Southern Fairfield County up to, up to Massachusetts. Yes. And on a Friday afternoon, which was often my excursion and the time in which I left, uh, it was a bloodbath, whether it was summer or winter. No matter it, which it way you an go. Absolute shit show. No doubt about it. 495 parking lot. Uh, Merit. Mass Pike parking lot. But Merit, too. Yeah, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know how to make this better. Maybe there's a lot of people on the road that shouldn't be driving either. It took me. I worked in Staten Island yesterday. It took me four hours to get home yesterday, too. Jesus Christ, my man. That is brutal. Well, did you have fun at the second half of the Celtics game? Celtics game was awesome. Disappointed to see Jokic getting a little bit of foul trouble. But when he was out on the floor, he was incredible. Um, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum were amazing. Um, Jamal Murray, I mean, he kind of fades in and out of games right now. I think that knee is still bothering him. Um, the glaring thing to me was how... In and out, Marcus Smart has been this year. It's like sometimes you don't even notice he's on the floor. Yeah, I know. I mean, despite how dominant the Celtics have been, I've heard that he's – I haven't watched much of them yet, but I've definitely heard that he's not making the same kind of presence known that he was in the second half of last year through that playoff run. So maybe – I mean, listen, they're still winning games. They can figure a lot of shit out. But um, 
we'll talk about the Celtics and some other basketball in a little bit, but I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad you got up there and got to be at the TD Garden for a little bit. Had a great weekend, too. It was gorgeous on Saturday. Beautiful. Man, it was 70 there and 41 here. You know what, though? It's one of those things where it's like, let me enjoy my day because you're you're going to have a whole winter where it's nicer there than it is here. No doubt about it. I'm certainly not bitching and moaning, but I actually went over to college game day on Saturday. Very which cool. Was here, which was really cool. I could not afford the ticket to get in, and honestly, with how cold it was Saturday, and it was legitimately cold. It was the low 40s by That's, kickoff. Yeah. That sucks. Windy. But uh, – I didn't go, but the college game day experience is pretty cool. I was at the uh, LBJ lawn on campus, and it was like there was a lot of people already camped out and drinking to stay warm. So I was not partaking in any of that degenerate activity because I'm an adult, but it was cool to take in. Yeah, you know, you get around those college kids and you feel real old real fast. Oh, my God. And I already know I'm old. I already feel old every day, so I don't need it. I didn't need any more of that. But it was a pretty cool vibe, though. Of course, Texas didn't win, but we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. Yeah, TCU, wagon. Yeah, I know. TCU, I mean, they're they're a damn good team. But let's start off with some baseball notes. I know that it is the offseason, but things are happening. And, Tom, at least the first domino to fall for the Yankees came into place on Tuesday. They re-signed Anthony Rizzo for a two-year, $34 million deal, a mutual option for a third. And I thought this was huge, A, because he declined the qualifying offer, and B, you know, we know it's no secret he's very close with Judge, and regardless of whatever that relationship is and if that impacts Judge at all, Rizzo's an outstanding player who makes the Yankees a lot better. Yeah, we needed him. Um, again, perfect way to put it. First domino to fall. Cashman, keep it up. I mean, you're in you're in the doghouse perpetually for me, seeming, seemingly. Um, but this this deal needed to get done. Now let's work on Judge. And I mean, hey, if we can open up the purse strings this year, get a little Trey Turner, get a little Carlos oh. Rondon. I mean, I, I'm just saying it'd be nice. Wishful thinking. It's not going to happen, but. No, it's not going to happen, uh, but that's okay. I think, I mean, I think you can connect the dots pretty well. Judge and Rizzo are very tight, and we see this a lot in sports. It does not mutually, you know, it's not mutually exclusive that, oh, Rizzo's back, Judge is definitely back, but it certainly helps the cause, right? Yeah. You saw Houston was interested in Rizzo. I mean, you want to talk about rubbing salt in a wound if you yeah. went to Houston. Oh. I agree. I mean, and, and also, though, Rizzo is a platinum, not just a gold glove. Shout out to Trevino for winning the platinum glove, but uh, a platinum glove-esque player. And he's also, he hit a career-high home runs this year. He's no scrub. This isn't a DeAndre Jordan situation. I'm Even if Judge doesn't come back, I wanted to re-sign Rizzo. But it does, hopefully, fingers crossed, help um, that the Yankees are doing good by Judge, hopefully, in the end. Yeah, and listen, Rizzo at this point in his career... He's won the ring. He could have retired a Cub, stayed a Cub, maybe been part of a new rebuild there, but he got traded to the Yankees, and he's had options. There's other teams, like I mentioned, the Astros, who desperately want him, but he said he loved being a Yankee, and you know that short porch is inviting. His average should go up about 20 points this year with with the lack of the shift, and I think this was a huge move for the Yankees and a signal to Judge saying, hey, we're trying to get shit done. I also don't know if you saw this, but Hal Steinbrenner spoke, and usually I don't give a shit about what he has to say, but he did say that he's met with Judge personally, which I like, and that he's not sending his minions out to talk to him. Well, if there's one guy you need to meet with, it's Aaron Judge. I mean, it is pertinent that they re-sign him. Um, 
And and we'll talk about options if they do not re-sign him then. I don't even want to talk about it right now. No, there's no reason to. This is a this is a good week so far. Rizzo is a Yankee going forward, and hopefully that is the first of what many you know of many good Yankee decisions this offseason. Tom, we got some award winners, uh, rookies of the year. We got Julio Rodriguez in the AL and Michael Harris in the NL. What'd you think about those? Both locks. I mean, this was some of the easiest picks of ever. What's so annoying to me, and I know we've talked about it, is you see Michael Harris. He didn't even start the season in Atlanta, and they call him up, and he wins rookie of the year. Yeah, I mean, is this a shot at the Yankees? (laughs) You know it is. (laughs) Come on. They're a terribly run organization, Sean. You you see it time and time again, and now – the Braves are, you know, they've got they've got their shortstop of the future ready to go, so they don't even have to empty the entire purse strings for Swanson if they don't want to. Um, I picked Bobby Witt Jr. to win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, he did not did place, too. but it makes sense because obviously J-Rod's the next superstar in baseball, I think. 100% two-way player. He is literally five tools. Um, he was awesome. And I think Harris is right there with him. And I, I didn't see the standings, but I would assume that Spencer Strider was probably right behind him. You're 100% correct. He finished second. Yeah, the Yankees, let's let's draft better, let's sign better, and, and let's just be better. How about we just promote MLB-ready for prospects when the guys ahead of them aren't playing that great? That works, too. I would uh, take that. Yeah, right? Managers of the year. Terry Francona won again. For the Guardians that made the playoffs and pushed the Yankees to five. And Buck Showalter, this was a foregone conclusion, winning for the fourth time in four different decades this time with the Mets. Buck Showalter is the next guy. Um, Now that um, Dusty Baker got his ring out of the way, congratulations to him again. Buck Showalter is the next guy I'm rooting for to get a ring. Absolutely. It, It feels like he's had a complete career as a manager. He's made every team he's been with better, but you want to get that ring, and I think he's in the best-case scenario that he's really ever been in, aside from maybe early in those Yankee years. And for Cy Young, we got these yesterday. Justin Verlander, he won again. Number it's his three. third time. And Sandy Alcantara for the for the Marlins, who just is probably, if not the best pitcher in baseball, obviously we know where Verlander stands, but Alcantara might be the second best. Yeah, he, I mean, given all circumstances, the fact that he's on such an incredibly friendly uh, contract for the team. Um, the fact that he throws 110 miles an hour and he also is a ground ball pitcher and throws actual complete games at a consistent clip, he's he's the best pitcher in baseball. He's so good. I just wish he was in a better market where people could watch him more um, because he really is special. He's a throwback. You just don't see guys like that anymore. Yeah, I mean, he's like uh, Nolan Ryan-esque with the amount of pitches he throws with the velocity that he continues to keep and doesn't really yep. get hurt. No, he's he's knocked on wood. You know, he's been very injury. You know, he's avoided major injury a lot, and he just takes the ball every fifth day, looking for seven to eight innings, looking for eight to ten Ks, and probably a loss, one nothing. Kind of reminds you of those DeGrom years a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. He's just a lot more, I mean, his delivery is a lot smoother and he doesn't put a lot of stress on the wrong parts that DeGrom seems to do. Um, and, and I just think he's built, he's just built 
pitching wise more to be more sturdy than Degrom. Degrom might be yeah. his ceiling might be higher because Degrom maybe his ceiling. I mean, this might not this might be hyperbolic, but I, I, he might be the greatest pitcher of all time. His ceiling. I don't know if that's com- – yeah, it's just hard to compare eras and pitchers and all that, but I hear where you're coming from. Um, Recency MVP, bias, I suppose. I sh- I'm sure. I mean, obviously you didn't get to see Walter Johnson pitch because you're not 145 years old. But, hmm. um, but yeah, Alcantara, congrats to him. on his. Did you see Walter Johnson pitch? I did not, but that's a good joke. Very funny. Um, <laughs> MVP we're just waiting on. By the time this pod is posted, we might have the announcement, but – I mean, I can't imagine a world in which Aaron Judge is not AL MVP. Can you? No, it's Judge and Goldschmidt, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Aaron Otto might even push Goldschmidt a little bit. That's how good he was this year. Yeah, they're cannibalizing each other. Um, yeah, let's talk some NBA. I'm fucking chomping at the bit, man. You got anything else to say about baseball, or should we just wait on Judge? I think we're just going to wait on Judge. We we got to wait and see. Okay, you're chomping at the bit NBA-wise. Let's go. I just... I. I I can't fucking take it, okay? Uh, the Knicks right now, their assets... Let's let's talk about the Knicks, what happened over the summer and transition into the year. Please. I was happy. I wouldn't say happy, but I, I understood why they didn't trade for Donovan Mitchell. But in hindsight, in hindsight, it's always 2020, they should have. Because, first of all, Donovan Mitchell in a new situation is playing like a top three MVP candidate. Um, He has returned to his draft stock Louisville days defensive player-wise with the offensive player package. He has been absolutely incredible. Um, And then on the Knicks side, the Knicks assets outside of their picks and some of the picks that they have, but the actual players that they have, they are Bitcoin. I don't know if you see what's going on with FTX and Bitcoin right oh, now, but it's sure. taken a major crash. So you talk about the Knicks assets. They have all these young players and all this bullshit, and everything sounds good in the summer. Bitcoin was in, uh, I think it was trading at 39000 a coin over the summer. Well, Bitcoin's down to three k, and the Knicks Real assets. Fast. Did you see that Cade Cunningham wanted his entire rookie salary and all 100% in Bitcoin? Well, That's I have some bad. differing opinions about Bitcoin. Um I don't think long term. I hope it didn't. I hope he didn't take it all in Bitcoin. Um, but I, I think Bitcoin. I, I think the rest of the coins are absolute bullshit outside of Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin actually does serve a purpose as a decentralized, unregulated token. It, it's the services that give them a bad name. Yeah. Because That's Bitcoin, true. Bitcoin crashed because of all of these services. Bitcoin didn't crash because Bitcoin isn't a isn't a utility. Right? It's going to go back up. It'll be Yeah, fine. FTX and all these other services are just bullshit. And honestly, I warn everybody, if you want to buy Bitcoin and you want to put a decent amount of your net worth into Bitcoin or any other crypto, but I would say stick to Bitcoin, you should buy a fucking virtual wallet and do the research and actually own the coins. Don't just have it in some unregulated, non-F. FDA backed, not FDA, that's the Food and Drug You're Administration. You're talking like a Coinbase wallet, F- right? Yes, FDIC, excuse me. FDIC backed. They're not they're not regulated by them, meaning that when all your Bitcoin gets lost because SBF decides to go and fucking give it all to himself and then gamble it, that's kind of a little summary of it, it's gone. It's not like when, let's say, Sean, you have 200 and 
$49,000 in a bank account and I steal all of it, you are federally insured with that bank account up to $250,000. You can get every penny of that back. We're talking some good finance here. So anyway, the Knicks are Bitcoin. The Knicks are Bitcoin, and the reason why I say that is because all their assets look so good over the summer. Quentin Grimes and Obi Toppin and R.J. Barrett and um, Emmanuel Quickly. And you know what? They all fucking suck, okay? <laughs> Quickly's taken a major step back. I haven't heard Quentin Grimes' name all season. Um, R.J. Barrett is now still a decent player, but he's got a $120 million contract attached to him that nobody wants to take on. So his value, although he's a young player, is absolutely in the tank. And Obi Toppin, by the way, all the guys that you want to trade for, he's fucking older than. He's older than SGA. He's Isn't old. that insane? It, it is insane, but you know what? Why are we surprised? He was a four-year senior at, where did he go, Dayton? Dayton. He was a four-year senior at Dayton. And what did, what was his what was his... M.O. coming out of the draft. Oh, he's NBA ready. He's going to make an immediate impact. Listen, whether it's his fault or it's Tibbs' fault or probably somewhere in the middle, he is not an NBA ready impact player on any on either end of the floor at all. He's an undersized four that can't play defensively. He does not shoot the three ball well enough. All he is good for is a fast break in between the legs, dunk every once in a blue moon. Another fucking blown pick by the Knicks. All of your assets outside of draft picks are completely invaluable. So when you come to me and say and say, oh, I want to get SGA who is fucking averaging 31 points a game and damn near untradeable younger by the way than Toppin by four months and he's been in the league five years. I mean, come on, what are you going to trade? You're gonna trade. You're it's gonna. It's about the pick. Sure, but that's that's not gonna be enough. Maybe over the summer when I was pounding the table well, for like it. Like Oklahoma City, it might be. Maybe no, but I mean Oklahoma City has so many draft picks that at some point something's got to give, and you got to stick with the players you got. And I legitimately don't think it's enough. Maybe with those assets when they were at thirty nine thousand dollars over the summer, and everybody thought they were halfway decent assets combined with the draft picks, they would have been fine. When I was pounding my table to trade for SGA and then trade the rest for Russell Westbrook and just tank for the season, but now. I mean, honestly, your best bet is to get one of those draft picks from L.A. in order for them to give you Russell Westbrook and you guys to do a little, uh, uh, maybe a trade and a buyout. I mean, that's the Knicks' best bet. We're going to end up either in the last place of the playing game or just barely on the outside looking in, and we're going to end up with the 7 through 10 pick in the lottery, which is not where you want to be in any draft, especially this one. And then guess what? We're going to fuck it up. There's a lot to unpack there, but I really appreciate the spirited rant. Um, it's it's very genuine, and I, I know where you're coming from, and it's kind of the same old story. I have long told fellow friend Nick fans, and I've warned you before, there is no fan base, and I'm seriously saying this out of out of just – recognizing the landscape. I mean, there's some delusional Yankee fans. There's some delusional other fans. I don't think there's a fan base that's more delusional about what the actual state of their team is than Nick fans, because they overvalue these young players. Like it's unfucking believable. I, I Nick fans talk about some of these guys. You would have thought two years ago, Manuel quickly was 
fucking Donovan Mitchell in his rookie year, Jamal Murray. You would have thought that. I don't think I was saying that, though. What's that? I don't think I was saying that. You weren't saying that, but there, there's such a burning desire for Nick fans to have young players of their own come up and be great and turn into star players. And it, the reality of it is, is none of those guys that you mentioned, as you said, are are going to let alone be potentially good rotational players. No, their ceiling is a 10th man. R.J. Barrett, outside of him, their ceiling is like on a good team, like a second unit player playing 14 minutes a game, averaging I'm, six to eight points. Yeah, I'm looking at R.J. Barrett, and I do believe that he's going to be a, a good player in the NBA for a long time. Now, he's going to have nights where he scores 30 and he looks really good, and he's going to have nights where he scores 12. But on good teams, that's a very serviceable role player. Like, I could think of R.J. Barrett being a like guy in two or three years on another team that gets 20 minutes in a playoff series and plays well for you. I believe that to be true. The problem is, is that's not a first, second, third, and probably even fourth option on yep. a really good team. 100%. So what the Knicks situation is – you decided that the price for Donovan Mitchell was a little too expensive. Okay, fine. But eventually you're going to have to trade some of these young guys because as we've talked about at nauseum, the front office and the head coach are not in alignment with anything. Of course your player development sucks. Tom Thibodeau has no interest in developing young players. That's why Evan Fournier and Julius Randle continue to play despite any semblance of good run by an Obi Toppin or anything like that. Those aren't his guys. He doesn't want to develop young players. And I personally think Tibbs is an antiquated style of NBA head coach. I don't think he should be coaching in the NBA anymore. I think the game somewhat passed him by. I think he still has a great basketball mind, but the way he coaches is not conducive to today's NBA. Additionally, too, you just have a front office now that has to make their real stamp on this organization. It's been, what, four years? They took over the team in 2019. It's a long time, man. Yep. And the worst thing that happened, you and I have talked about it before, the worst thing that happened with the you being seed. that four seed. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, I, I, I completely agree. And I think for a few years now, Sean, correct me if I'm wrong, I have been saying that Tibbs is the opposite of what the Knicks need because they are not in a position to win. Say what you want about Tibbs. If he if the game is passing by, I tend to agree with you. But regardless of if it has or not, he has never been a player development coach. He's a no. we need to get to the next level and we need to win a playoff series and we need our guys to get their asses kicked and practice a little bit type guy. Like that's the we have the talent, we know what we have guy. He is not the we need to develop Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, up and down. Go ahead and pull up the entire fucking Knicks roster. I mean. And and you're right. This organization has done absolutely nothing in my eyes since they've joined the team. And they're in purgatory right now, which is perpetually where the Knicks have been since, I don't know, when since they had the R.J. Barrett pick at number three and probably even before that. They really wanted to get a true point guard, and they did that by bringing in Brunson, and they backed up the Brinks truck for him, and and, and it was a good move. You watch Jalen Brunson every night, and he really no does complaints make better. The problem is, though, is that instead of pairing him with another star, and I'm just going to talk about Donovan Mitchell for a second. Forget about just what he is on the court this year with Cleveland. You know, this is a guy that grew up in the area. He wants to be a Nick. And there's not a lot of players in the NBA that genuinely want to be a New York Nick. The, the more young players and, and fusion of young talent in the league, 
the more likely than not, they've never seen the Knicks good, and the Knicks have only been a laughing stock. So the fact that you have a preeminent young player who's going to be on his way out for a team that's trying to tank, and that you chose not to go that route because there might be a better available player. I mean, Tom, how many times do we have to have this conversation? You're talking about an SGA possibly to the Knicks? Why in God's name would, A, he want to go there, and even if you do bring him in and you give up everything, he's a great player. Is he the level of player that's going to turn your team into a championship-level team that other players want to go play for? And is he going to stop the Knicks from possibly signing another bad contract or two? And now it's like, okay, well, we're just good enough to contend, but we're not actually in that championship level. And I think the Knicks are constantly hedged between what are we? Are we developing young players and are we getting these players an opportunity to play or are we trying to win now? And their definition of winning is way off because even in that 2020-2021 season, there was no way that team was actually going to contend with the likes of Milwaukee or Boston or what that Brooklyn team was. Like They just weren't. No, not at all. It's... I mean, honestly, I think, like you said, the fan base, I think the front office might be just as delusional as the fan base if they think they're putting out a product there that is even a first-round win championship team, much less a or much less a championship team, excuse me. It's, it's pitiful. Um, they will not be getting the Tommy's Pizza um, treatment anytime soon. <laughs> the only team I think that will be getting the Tommy's Pizza treatment anytime soon is my New York Jets. Oh, yeah. Big week this week. Big, big week. Big week I might week. be dialing up Tommy's. Listen, man, if there's ever a time for Tommy's after the baseball playoffs, that's like a month month ago, this is this is the weekend to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I as for your Knicks, I, I feel for you because I really don't think that they have a true direction. And now isn't it just typical Knicks that they are feeling the fire from that hot seat right underneath them? Mm-hmm. And both the coach and the front office are going to do something panicky and trade for Anthony Davis nowhere, or something. They're just going to say Anthony Davis or Carl Anthony Towns. And think about a cat move would be like, well, he's a really good player. He's by far the best still big man you're going to have. And he's still young. But do we have enough evidence that Carl Anthony Towns is not a winning player? I think we might. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I mean, he put up, I think, single digits in two playoff games last year. 100%. And. It's just, man, every year, and I sniffed it out. I think we both sniffed it out. But every year they come at you and they put up the blindfold that they're going to be different this year and you feel something's different. And then you get to the, we're almost at the quarter mark of the NBA season and it just feels exactly the same every single year. Exactly. Well, look at this week. It's been a microcosm of what the Knicks are, and that is a a, a slightly below to 500 team. So last Wednesday, we do the pod. They get run out of the Barclays Center. Then on Sunday, they give up 145 points to the Oklahoma City Thunder in, in regulation. Yeah. But then they go out on the road, and they beat a good Utah team. Yes, I said that right. A good Utah team. And they beat Denver. And on the second half of a back-to-back, they beat Denver in Denver for the first time since 2006. So that's what this team is going to be like all year. You're, you're going to have to appreciate those wins that you don't necessarily expect, but then you're going to have those nights where you feel like you are much better than the other team and you just don't come out and play hard. And I think really Tibbs is feeling the pressure because – 
defense is supposed to be his calling card and forever for whatever you want to say about it. I mean, this team is a putrid defense. 145 team. points and it's not to the Golden State Warriors or the Boston Celtics or the Phoenix Suns or whoever you want to name a great offense this year. It's to basically Shea Gildas Alexander. Yeah. I mean, no, he he sh- I I I don't like to get people fired, but I don't care. I, I I've been calling for his job for years now. It just makes no out. sense. Yeah, he wears out his welcome fast anyway. That's always what he's been. You but know? his he's siring a- made no sense in the first place. It did and it didn't. Uh, I mean, I can see where the Knicks wanted to go to get an established head coach in there. Like, you were so tired of the experiment of, I can't even remember who was the head coach that you had before him that, that who was only an assistant. I can't even remember his name. But you go the inexperienced route. You bring in the Thibodeau. It, it brings a little bit of stability to the team. And let's be honest. They played okay that first year, and then they um, they go they're, they're the four seed in that crazy COVID year. you got to give him credit for that. But after that, you can just see the writings on the wall. I mean, he runs these guys into the fucking ground, man. Yep, absolutely. And and you can see it on the players. I. It's just... <laughs> Every move that you make is just so nexy. You stick with Tibbs. You th- you go for it. You sign Randall to too much money. It's, I, I mean, I, even the Randall thing. I'm, I, they're signing him for a million billion dollars, and I'm like, why don't we just let him play out his contract? How about we do that? Let's see him do it two years in a row. Nope, we can't do that. All right, let's talk about <sighs> frustrating. I mean, I'm beaten down at this point, man. This has been my entire life. I know. Well, if it makes you feel any better, there's another team in the city that uh, might somehow have it worse. Well, there's been a lot of quotes from your by far best player recently. Yeah, so let's talk about some of those. He he called out, he did an exclusive interview with Bleacher Report where he talked about the trade request. Can you tell me when Bleacher Report, I'm sorry to interrupt you, got so much power that they're the fucking New York Times now? When did this happen? I can't. And by the way, I don't even think I told you. I I, I deleted Bleacher Report like a month ago. Because I, I find was them so to be so clickbaity and annoying. Me too. And I couldn't stand the fucking communities. And I'm going to tell you why. Not just because you have idiot fans. You know my thought. Most of them, I think, are fucking troll farm bots. Like, there's no way those are real people writing the, some of those things. But I digress. I'm tired of the Nets feed where every single time a bet is made or a hockey goal is scored and there's a headline that said so-and-so Nets 55 grand on a bet or so-and-so Nets a power play goal. Get that out of my fucking community feed. That this doesn't is the make Brooklyn any sense. Nets. No, it's dumb as shit. So That's I'm a bad algorithm. Really terrible. I, I'm done with Bleacher Report. I was tired of looking at all the morons. Every time I'm trying to scroll for articles, I couldn't find any without having to see these idiots post. So I, I needed to do it for my mental sanity, and I got rid of Bleacher Report about a month ago. But yeah, I don't know how it got so powerful. I really don't, and, and I just can't watch. I mean, they give they, they do this new thing now where it's like live feeds. So they always get me because I read it, and it was like, today I get, they got me on one where it was like, uh, the the they're ranking the World Cup teams, so I was like, I, I'm not gonna be crazy about the World Cup, but you know, USA is probably the best position it ever has been to be decent in the World Cup with Pulisic and a couple other players. So I was like, I want to see where they rank them. Oh nope. my god, it's you. it's a fucking it's a it's a fucking live feed, and I gotta watch some schmuck 
who I'm a thousand times better looking than smarter than and probably know a lot more about sports, talk about it on his live feed and I got to find out where the U.S. is revealed. Give me the list. I know how to read. I don't need some idiot breaking it down for me. And Bleacher Report, if you want to hire me, I'm on the phone number. I was just going to say, Bleacher Report, if you hear this and want to you know, step up your quality and hire us to do a podcast a couple of days a week while you're, we're back in your good graces. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it, so Durant gives this exclusive where he talks about the summer trade request and you know how he didn't feel like anybody was on his level, which I think honestly was fair. I mean, for a basketball junkie like Durant, last year was full of non-basketball junkies and and – a team I had never seen a team that accomplished less as a group walk around like they were entitled more. Um, and then, you know, I think the the real quote that stuck out there was when he was talking about the starting five of Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Harris himself, and Claxton, and being like, "Do you really expect us to win just because I'm out there?" And that could have been taken out of context, but I don't know. What did you think when you first saw that? Um. I don't think uh, my, my my first take was hey you're not wrong um and I know he said in so many words um you know no disrespect to these guys but you know it's I could say Sean no disrespect but you're ugly and if you're ugly you know you're still ugly and and it's true but it doesn't mean it's I don't not like disrespectful cuz I think I'm a very handsome man No, okay. you absolutely are. You absolutely are. You just keep the sleeves on. Let's not go sleeveless jerseys. <laughs> you know, you're a grown man, but no, it was just an example. Um you know, but it, it's still disrespectful sometimes even if it's true and you're pointing out the obvious. Um but the other thing I took away from it is was I mean that it, I'm going to, if there was a bet right now on FanDuel that he's going to make another trade request, I'm fucking hammering the yes. He's not happy. He's not happy with that. But then it's like the rest of the article, like I I went through it like, and, and really tried to listen to him talk about it. And what was interesting was then he was saying like, you know, I don't give a fuck about legacy. Like my legacy is stop it. Players like Cam Thomas learning from me and me, you know, me being a great teammate. And like, he was Sean, talking about how he's. If he didn't give a fuck about legacy and wanted to stay in the best basketball situation, he would have stayed in Golden State. Come on. You don't give a fuck about legacy. Get out of here. Yeah. So then he was also talking about, you know, why Jacques Vaughn was the perfect head coach for him because he wants to practice harder and he wants to have somebody who's on his level in terms of making practices harder and not just doing fucking shoot arounds, especially after losing. And he was like, that, that's exactly what I need. That's exactly what I want. He's oh, like, Jacques even- Vaughn. I mean, you literally wanted Ime Yudoka like last week. Exactly. And then the last part was him talking about how, yeah, like I find – I find the challenge of a season very fun. So even though we're, we lost these two games, I'm still having a great time with the guys and building camaraderie. So it was a lot of like wishy washy comments at one point you think like, Oh no, here he goes. He's very contradictory. Yeah, exactly. And then the next, and then the next statement, he's talking about how he's actually really enjoying his time and he likes this team and he's looking forward to getting through the, through the grind of this season because he loves that. And it's just like, I don't know what to think, but you know how I stand, man. I don't mind if he wants the trade request and the Nets honor it because, listen, I don't think they're much different than your Knicks. They were playing well under Jacques Vaughn. They killed your team. They go out to L.A., beat a decent Clippers team, 
but then get run off the court by the Lakers and then give up 153. We made fun of your Knicks for 145. They gave up 153 to the Kings. Yeah, not not too much better. Um, I mean, listen, I, I think the most true thing he said was that it's him and a bunch of scrubs out there, just to summarize. Right. I mean, and Ben Simmons, he had his best game as a net on on. Monday night or Tuesday night, what was whenever it was line? against Sacramento, he had like eleven points and like six boards and five assists in twenty minutes. And it's like, oh my god, we Pop are grasping straws. Like we are just grasping at straws to hope that he's going to be good. Then you hear the report that don't tell me internal. Don't tell me you're talking yourself into that. No, God, no. Then there's talk about, you know, there was the report in addition to KD's comments that there's internal frustration with how Ben Simmons is playing and how he's not playing and how he's coming back and does he really love basketball and it's like can we just rip off the fucking band-aid i'm done and then to put just the cream to the top tom we know kyrie irving now is completing the stages of his suspension and he's likely to play sunday night at barclay center against the grizzlies and it's just like oh my god the circus is back in town they desperately need him during the construct of this team because you got Edmund Sumner starting. He's much better backing up. He makes your depth better. He's a walking 25 to 35 points a night, which they desperately need. But I'm just like, I'm over all of this, dude. I really fucking am. No, I understand that it is um, the easiest word to say is exhausting for everybody. Probably Kevin Durant. I'm sure you as a fan, even me as an innocent bystander. But you do need him. That's That's really the problem. I just hope we see I, – I, I just hope Kyrie can just – Bite the tongue and behave yourself. It's just, honestly, Kyrie can't help himself. I mean, he is an attention whore. Oh, yeah. And that's oh, the and only way you can put it, man. I mean, I don't know. I, and, and and we still haven't gotten a halfway decent apology from him either. Uh, we have. He's, he, he, he's, had, he's made two, and... There was also, you know, the conver- the comments made by Joe like Sai and by Adam. That's fine. To me, it was too little, too late. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Of course, it was. It just was what it was. I mean, you know I mean, what my the- advice is to every human being, man, woman, whatever you are. Just, you know, if somebody's mad at you and they're way madder than you are than about caring or whatever, just just say you're sorry, even if just you don't agree. Sorry. It's costing you business it's costing you money the suspension's unpaid you know like then you got Jalen Brown I'm sorry and I I like Jalen Brown I think he's a really interesting guy and a really smart guy particularly when he was at the forefront of talking with during all the social injustice like that he's he's somebody you want to listen to talk when he was talking about like listen it's over and done with he needs to he should be playing there's the hypocrisy from Joe Sai here's the difference Joe Sai yes he's major in china we know the issues with china we know what his what his business ties are all that we're not going to get into the weeds of that comment or of that conversation but joe size the owner of the fucking team and he gets to make any decision that he wants and when things are bad for business you know what he's going to do make good business decisions i truly think that he wants to cut Kyrie, but he's not going to eat 36 million dollars this year no. and he only has to put up with him for the rest of this year and unfortunately he knows that as long as this project or whatever the hell you want to call it experiment is still on the floor and you have kevin durant ben simmons you might as well keep running Kyrie out there but do you have any doubt that we're done with any Kyrie drama for the rest of the year because i'm just waiting for the next thing Honestly, this thought just popped into my head. 
Mm-hmm. You probably wouldn't do it because, like you said, Kyrie's contract is up next year. But a Kyrie Irving and a Ben Simmons for a Anthony Davis trade and some shit to make the salaries match, I think that's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you get Simmons and you get Simmons back where in in clutch sports back in L.A. You got Kyrie reunited with LeBron. He was AD. desperate to go there over the summer anyways. Right. You got AD with Durant. AD and KD know. together, if AD stays healthy, is like... I mean, do you remember the New Orleans year before Boogie Cousins tore his Achilles? Imagine that, but instead the seven-footer is Kevin Durant. Listen, man, it would be it would be an interesting experiment, and I never thought that you would see in an in-season trade like we got last year with Harden and Simmons, but... I think anything's on the table. As I've talked about, as you agreed with, this Nets thing is only going to go, you know, as far as potentially Christmas or, and then they're going to start fielding trade trade calls because they don't want to be in the situation they were in last year with Harden where they pretty much had to rush a trade in the span of like seven to ten days. Absolutely, because mistakes were clearly made. Yep, for sure. Anything else on the NBA you want to hit on? No, I mean, there's a lot of surprises. We're going to have to... Um, maybe next week or maybe when college football cools off, believe it or not, I'm saying that, uh, we're going to have to do a deep dive on the league, but we're going to have a really long, cold winter, at least for me to do that. So I got to start watching a little more basketball around the league too. Um, just to get a better feel for it. I, I know what's going on. I see the scores. I watch the highlights, but I need to watch some more full games to really give you my knowledge to really pour it out there for you. Right now I'm pretty much dialed in on this FTX thing. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was a pretty good deep dive right there. Um, Thank you. I'm not a financial I gotta, expert. I should have said that at the beginning. Well, I think everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying you don't know what you're talking about, but experts a strong word. There's people that get paid a lot of money to be called experts. That's for so, sure. So let's not. Uh, it's and you more should, you so. can you can take a look at my TD Ameritrade account and know that I'm not an expert. But then again, everybody's in the red right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not I'm not doing particularly great with any of the stuff that I've that I've invested in right now. So it is what it is. Um, but moving on, we're, we'll talk NBA a little bit more in depth. The college football has a couple more weeks where we want to go over games. And then right after the conference championships, we've got a little bit of a lull before the really like the fun bowl games slash the college football playoffs. So, yeah, you know, I don't I don't give a shit about the Meineke car care ball or any of that shit. I, I really I mean, I'm well, not you that. Bet on uh, if a spread if a spread feels good to yeah, me, yeah, it. I'll bet on them. Um, and then I will watch it. But if I don't bet on it, I'm not gonna watch it. You know, I like to have. I I, I want to watch games that matter. Um, I'm not that much of a college football junkie, as you know, to like watch those games. I don't even think you are either. No. Um, I could truly care less. I mean, it's cool that you went above 500 for your season and you got a bowl game, but I I don't care about any of them. I don't know how they make any ad revenue on it. People must watch. I guess they gamble on it. Oh, people, people absolutely watch. I like the New Year's Bowls because those are the ones, even before the college football playoff games, like those are really good games. You're getting like the fifth ranked team in the country against like the eighth ranked team in the country. Like those are, those are games I want to watch because you follow those teams all year. And Alabama's likely playing in one of those. Um, So let's move on down the line here. We're going to start 
With some blowouts, Tom, one, two, and three stayed the same in effortless wins. Georgia beat up on Mississippi State 45-19. Ohio State beat up on Indiana 56-14. And Michigan killed Nebraska 34-3. Yeah, not much to say there. Um, Although I I think TCU has a a better resume, I guess, is the word that everybody throws around in college football, than Michigan. In my top four, I would flip-flop the two until I see Michigan play Ohio State. Well, don't you worry, my friend, because if TCU remains undefeated, uh, Ohio State and Michigan play each other in the weekend of Thanksgiving, and one of those teams is losing. That is very true, my friend. Talking about TCU, you already mentioned that you were there for the pregame festivities of uh, college game day. Um, TCU. Freezing. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't feel bad for you at all. You got away from the cold. You're a fucking snowbird now. Um, (laughs) Yeah, TCU beats Texas 17 to 10. That defense was stout. Quinn Ewers still leaves a lot to be desired. Um, He just misses a lot of throws. He's got a fucking cannon, but just misses a lot of throws. Just leaves you scratching your head because all the talents there. Um, In my opinion, kind of Josh Allen esque. I don't know if you listened to the Ryan Rosillo podcast on Monday with Trent Dilfer, but Trent Dilfer did an unbelievable job breaking down Quinn Ewers. He, uh, he, he, and, um, he and the former Miami, Jonathan Vilma, are my two favorite analysts for football. Yeah, Vilma's an absolutely outstanding uh, analyst, and he's he does the Fox game with Kenny Albert every week too. Yep. So he's he's all over the place. Um, but yeah, listen if you guys want to talk, if you want to listen to really like nerdy quarterback talk, I really loved it. Dilfer breaking down Quinn Ewers, and essentially what he was getting at was his his footwork is abominable. That's why he misses a lot of throws, mm-hmm. despite having one of the best arms that Dilfer. We know how many great young quarterbacks he's been around has ever seen. Um, and when you watch Ewers throw the ball, I mean, even on TV, it's like, holy shit, that's a little bit different. Ball just explodes. And it does. But Between him and um, my guy at USC, um, what's his name? Caleb Williams. Yeah, those two guys are just a different, different animal. He's going to get a lot more talk next year because he's draft eligible next year. That's my guy. Yeah, I know he's your guy. He's a fucking stud. Um, but yeah, so Ewers obviously did not play well in this game. But I'm just going to talk about Texas for a quick second because I actually did settle up and I watched this game from the comfort of my couch. And Tom, they're a stupid fucking team. They really are. <laughs> they have the I mean, talent. They do, and that's what's infuriating because in the years past with Texas, like last year they were notorious for blowing fourth quarter leads against good teams. And you could say that maybe they outplayed – you know, above, maybe they played above what they actually are in some of those games and should have lost anyway. They didn't have the quarterback play. They didn't have the talent. I mean, this year they have the talent on both sides of the ball. They are a really fucking good team, but they are stupid team. I mean, you have the, the running, the roughing, the punter. You have all of these stupid things that just kill momentum, dude. Don't get off the field on fourth down. TCU is a really good team. Their defense is legit, but their offense didn't do shit in this game. I mean, it was it was a scoreless game at halftime. Yeah, no, it was it was a boring one to watch unless you like defensive football. Yo, know, I, I I really like that TCU two headed monster they have at running back. Yeah, no, they're they're explosive. They're Two guys fast. I got my eye on for the draft. I I think one of the guys, the one I texted you about while I was at a bar. I think I think he doesn't come out till next year. But two guys I got my eye on for Frenchie. 
they run the ball well. They're they're well coached and they're a really good team. That was a huge win for them. It didn't no style points needed. You go into you go into Austin on a cold night and win and you shut them down. That's that's pretty impressive. So TCU's at four. And then the rest of these games, I'm looking at Tennessee. They killed Missouri. That's fine. They got back off the map. But, Tom, LSU, this game, this was not impressive. But they won 13-10 in Fayetteville. And they're number six in the country now. Yep, not an impressive win, but I kind of hearken this to the um, – Arkansas has been a good team this year, and they're tough to play at home. I hearken this to the Texas-TCU game. That's a fair – that's a very fair analogy. Um, LSU, man, they're locked into the SEC championship game. We're getting LSU-Georgia. Alabama's done, man. They're done. I I don't think. I mean, there would have. There's still some weird formulas that can happen for them to get in, but I'm not holding my breath. I think that, which is really shitty. And like, I I say this all the time. Like, I I like the four team playoff. I even as a Bama fan, I believe that. Oh, here it know, is. The, the one time team. Alabama doesn't make it. Oh man, we really should have six, twelve. No, teams. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not actually going to say that at all. That's why I love college football because they didn't. They've lost their two games by a combined four points, and both of those teams are likely going to finish in the top six or seven in the country. So it's like, do you really? Do you really like? criticize them that bad well, listen, or they really uh, a bad team maybe but we I could like, sponsor like. we'll sponsor a consolation national championship game for alabama and i'll give them uh, i'll give them i don't know i gotta give them the ucf trophy from a couple years ago i got them a i got a wiring simplified national electrical code book they can have right here <laughs> that'll be the championship Very generous prize. gift yes but you do think about it right because when they when they do expand to eight you know, likelihood is Bama's getting in, and this is one of those weird examples where it wouldn't shock you if they ran the table and won. Now, in other years, it's definitely like you could make it 16 teams. It wouldn't make a difference. But it, it, you, you think about Bama not getting in, and it's like, do you? would you really unequivocally say they're definitely not one of the top four teams? There's going to be people in that committee that vote for them, but they're not getting in, and they shouldn't. You lose two games, it doesn't matter how. They did beat um, – they beat Ole Miss this week, thirty twenty four, and and Lane Kiffin still hasn't beaten, uh, still hasn't beaten Saban, which I think is hilarious. Smart has, but he hasn't. Um, yep, USC beats Colorado, rolls them. They still have a chance if things go crazy. The Pac twelve. I mean, we're going to talk about the Week twelve slate, but I mean, the Pac twelve is getting good right now, man. Definitely is. Following that, Clemson beats Louisville. I mean, I don't think they have the resume, nor do they have a chance to get in unless... I mean, they'd have to jump Alabama and USC because I think they have better better resume, even though Clemson is undefeated, right? Or they have Clemson, one... Clemson's not undefeated. No, they've won last. Yep. Yes. Um, Utah beat Stanford 42. Notre 42- Dame killed them last week. Yes, I remember. I remember. That seems like forever ago. This one extra day <laughs> feels like a year. It's crazy. Um, Utah beats up on Stanford. Fun story, but they're not going to get in. Uh, they're not even the best team in their own conference. Penn State beats Maryland. Washington beats Oregon. See you later, Oregon. Um, mm-hmm. They're done. Go Trojans, USC. Um, I'm happy to see that Oregon lost. Washington was a sneaky team at the beginning of the year, but I mean, except for that one year that they went to the playoffs, they always kind of fall back to earth. 
Well, Penix, the quarterback, had an unbelievable game in Eugene. Yep. And remember, he was the one that they beat Michigan State when Michigan State was ranked, I want to say, like 13 or 14 early in the year, and he had a great game against them. And then you're right, they kind of went away for a little bit. But this was a really bad loss. I was really thinking Oregon was going to win this game. And listen, they scored plenty of points, but Penix just tore that defense to shreds. Yep, and then the final game we have is UNC beating Wake Forest. Wake Forest not as good as they were last year, not a very not as impressive as a win. I do like UNC's quarterback. I watched a little bit of the highlights of this game, but they they always leave a lot to be desired. Yeah, they're they're thirteenth ranked now, and and they're probably going to be playing in the ACC championship game. So cool. Uh, they're 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 someone to kind of look for. But yeah, May is their quarterback, and Tom. I don't know if you remember Luke May, the hero from the North Carolina basketball. Of course I do. Team. Game there winner. There you go. Yep. So that's his brother playing in 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 Chapel Hill right now. Wow, nice, very nice. Uh, maybe he'll maybe he'll actually be a professional. We'll see, man. He has tools. He definitely he has tools that that pro scouts are gonna like. Where did uh, that? Uh, where did the North Carolina quarterback from last year? What team did he go to? I can't remember where he got drafted. Sam Howell. Oh, was it was it Atlanta? No, that was the uh that was Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter, the other quarterback that Sam Howell was drafted by Come on. <laughs> Washington. Well, oh, well, I mean that job's that job's forever taken. Taylor Heineke, baby. Yes, sir. He saved your ass this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, next week, I mean, I'm looking at the slate. It's not great. No. I mean, USC, USC UCLA a couple weeks ago would have looked a lot better than it does now, but it's still a pretty good-looking game. Utah and Oregon, kind of the same thing. Austin Peavy at Alabama. It's a little late in the year to have these fucking joke schedule games uh, fucking saving. This is uh, this is their annual the in between week before the before the Iron Bowl that they schedule this this shit game. Well, I won't be watching a second of that. What's the spread on that? A hundred? <laughs> it's got it's got to be something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got Georgia, Kentucky. I mean, there TCU at Baylor has a little bit of intrigue because let's not forget Baylor's Baylor was tough to play at home. They're tough to play at home, and they were nationally ranked for a long time this year. Um, other than that, LSU gets UAB. So let, let's relax on the Alabama side. LSU gets UAB. Yeah, no, uh, I, of course. Who's who's TCU play next week? I'm not sure. I'm looking it up. I, Maybe my okay. internet's better than you. Hey, I found, I found who it was playing for. <laughs> I just want to see who they play next week. Uh, November 26th, they play Iowa State. Okay. I was going to call this a trap game, but these next two games might be trap games for them. They got to win these two games and then get to the Big 12 championship game undefeated. That's the only Big 12's only hope, obviously, of getting a team in. Who would they play? Is it Oklahoma State? I'm not sure. Um, it would. I think it's because there's only <laughs> – this is such college football. The Big 12 only has eight teams. So they are only – they're going to play the second best team. There's no – Who's the eight like, teams in the Big 12? Is where – is – uh, it's it all the, it's the it's it's uh it's Iowa State, it's Kansas State, it's Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech. Oklahoma jumped not yet next year, right? Oklahoma's there, Baylor's there. 
yeah. So do you see Gonzaga is going to join? Um, who who are they going to join? They're going to join another conference. Big um, Twelve. Big Twelve. Yeah, they just seem like a, a an easy Pac twelve shoe in. You would think so. I mean, because that's what Utah did. I, I that just doesn't make any sense to me. And you know what, Gonzaga they they can get some big football recruits now too. They might be taken from the big boys. There's a chance. I mean, hey, they just they lost to the UT basketball team last night. They got I upset. Know. I know. And so that we got to get we got to get into college basketball a little bit too. You, my UConn Huskies, man, they're looking good. Yeah, looking good. I don't know. St. John's. St. John's got a joke schedule, so they've been beating every team. Uh, hey, you, this, but you know, I'm no longer I'm I'm no longer a St. John's fan. I'm a USC guy now. Well, you're all USC. Yeah. After we, this, after this, listen, and for all those calling me a fraud, I am looking into the certifications. I do have a wedding coming up, and I can't really throw <laughs> a couple hundred dollars at a stupid ass certification right just now for a make believe fan. Just to be a make believe fan that you feel you have to self validate. Yes, yourself. it is really for myself more than anybody else. But I also know that. I have given people like you and Will and everybody else such shit that I have to do it. So I I won't have get for trying to judge people's sports fans. One hundred percent. But I I personally live by that, and I wouldn't feel good about it until I had some no, skin in the game. You know. You said too much shit uh, to not to be a hypocrite now. One hundred percent, and that's why I will not wear. I mean, I don't really like USC's colors in the first place. I don't really think they're my kind of colors. So I'm going to find maybe a black hat with just a little logo on it when I decide. But I will not be wearing any paraphernalia of that of my future alma mater until I actually pay the money and take the, uh, I don't know, you name it, certification. Who knows? Now, it doesn't matter to you that I have UConn shirts, right? No, that's above board. You went to a Connecticut state school. And you you were born and raised in the state of Connecticut. That is totally above board. And I was watching UConn basketball since I was like ten. A hundred percent. No, listen. And if you were if you were not an Alabama football fan and you watched the joke of the of the UConn, uh, did they win this weekend? I was watching them at a bar. Yeah, they're playing Liberty. Pretty good game. Um, never a better time to plant your flag, Sean. Do what's right, right now on this pod. If I didn't plant it when they went to the Fiesta Bowl against Ohio, against uh, Oklahoma, I'm not doing it now. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying. But, no, I will not. That is above board. Uh, you paid enough money to the state of Connecticut to consider yourself a UConn fan. I mean, I've always ranked UConn basketball even ahead of my Brooklyn Nets in terms of my fanhood. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was there with you with uh, my former Johnnies, but, you know. You can only suck so long for me to tolerate it. I understand. Listen, I mean, UConn was trending in that direction. Like, when UConn was stuck in that American Athletic Conference and nobody was watching them, and it was just a shit show. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a team that winning great big East tournaments, and now they're playing the AAC? Yeah, I know. Well, they're back. I mean, I recently made the mistake of of looking into some – St. John's forums and these guys I mean you guys are a little late whoever's on these bar stool in the bleacher report this is the last time we'll give them, a, give them a shout out forums where you're clamoring for Rick Pitino that ship has sailed he's very he he doesn't mind coaching at Iona living on living in Mamaroneck on Wingfoot I can tell you it's a pretty good life because I live right near it too not a big deal um and and that's that's long past I, I was calling for him when he was coaching in fucking Greece 
<laughs> you were. You you were a long time pounder of the table for. Well, you know, for... I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but St. John's almost had Rick Patino when he went to Louisville. Yes, that's true. They it only... was right between the two, right? What? It was it was between the two. It was between the two, and the deciding factor was Louisville gave him a private jet, and St. John's wouldn't do it. Well, that's the uh, that's a private Catholic school that you got. Yeah, Louisville, I mean, Louisville, me and Rick Patino, you know, like we're living ten minutes from each other, and we both have the same issues. All we want is a private jet. Look at that! How it comes back full circle. All right, <laughs> let's talk um, football, real football. <laughs> let's talk NFL, Tom. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, we have no Jets to talk about this week, but that's okay. We got your Giants. They took care of business against the Texans, 24-16. Sean, you thought this game was going to be a little bit closer. I did not. Uh, good win by the Giants. Took care of business. Did what you had to do. And they're they're doing what you should do when you have a great running back. They're fucking running him into the ground until he gets too old and you have to cut him. <laughs> 36 touches for Saquon Barkley. Only 17 throws from Jones. But... You know, man, the score is not indicative of actually how close this game was because there were a couple sequences there where Houston was was in in conversation to make this a three point game. It was seven three at the half. It was fourteen three, and then Houston comes down, scores a touchdown, and then they're driving again. They throw a touchdown pass. It gets negated because of a holding call, and it comes back. And then Davis Mills throws an interception in the end zone. So Houston shot themselves in the foot we kind of expected that they're not a good team but listen the Giants this is what's happened over the course of the last few years man they're the team that always made that boneheaded mistake Giants even lose that game. they were there they're 100% they lose that game but they don't they end up winning by eight and you feel good about it because in this iteration of the New York football Giants style points don't mean shit this was a team that was expected to win four to five games this New York football Giants team is 7-2, and two, baby. Hey, listen, at this point, and I think I've said it the last couple weeks, if if they don't make the playoffs now, brother, oh, baby. But they yeah, will. I mean, because here's the thing. In the NFC, we talked about this with your Jets last week. In the NFC, nine wins is likely getting you in. Yep. They still have – I mean, they have Detroit this week. They've still got Washington twice, which may not be as easy as it once was, but they have Indianapolis. I mean – there's two more wins on that schedule, at least, probably three. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, great year. A lot of fun. Building blocks. Kenny Galladay, excuse me. I just need to <laughs> rant for five seconds. I don't want to be long-winded with this. Kenny Galladay bitches and moans about targets early in the season, doesn't get them, drops everything in his sight, then gets hurt. He doesn't play for six weeks. He comes back, the report right before the game, saying that he's going to get significant playing time. And he drops two passes, including one perfectly thrown ball that he could have taken to the house if he held on to it, and he just dropped it. It's in his head now. I mean, listen, the Giants are saying all the right things. They can't cut him for salary cap purposes. They're going to probably continue to roll him out there. But my God, choice. he got benched in the second half, though. He fucking sucks. Then you got this Hodgins kid who they brought in from Buffalo who kind of looks a little bit like Galladay, except he actually catches the ball. I mean, Darius Slayton had a big game. It's just amazing how they're winning, dude, because offensively, outside of Barkley, they just don't have anything. But I give Jones a lot of credit. He's really played well. He has, and maybe it's maybe this is a new thing that these that, that teams like the Jets and 
teams with other young quarterbacks should do. Maybe it's just instead of we got to get this guy weapons, it's like let's just get this guy less weapons and see what he can do. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I don't like that philosophy, but um, it definitely gives you the thought that, and we're not going to talk about this now because there's a lot of games to go to go through, but it does give me the thought as a Giants fan of like, Daniel Jones has gone through a lot of shit his first few years in the league. He's succeeding with probably the less, the least talent he's ever had. And imagine what he could be doing if he actually had legitimate so, wide receivers to throw the ball to. It's it's crazy to think that coaching actually matters in the NFL. It's crazy, right? Yeah, what a thought. Yeah, I mean, I he he might be your fucking guy. Honestly, he he's gonna be your guy next year, but he might be your guy long term. I think they're gonna look at like a three year deal in that like $48 million range. I think that's more than fair. From what I've seen this year, sign me up. Absolutely. I think a lot of teams would look at that for Daniel Jones too, and I don't want to lose him. And I think he has a lot – I don't think. He has a lot of support in that locker room from the coaching staff and and his teammates. So uh, I think you should reward him for what he's done this year. No doubt about it. Panthers beat the Falcons 25-15. to Um, Mariota – Comes back to earth. Um, P.J. Walker looked pretty good, but then he got hurt, and now it's Baker Mayfield this week. So I hope you enjoyed your win, Panthers. Yeah, that's that's probably – that might be the last win they get. I just – I mean, you, you kind of saw what you needed to see. Walker's probably the guy when he's healthy. You saw what you needed to see at the beginning of the year with Baker. He was – I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. Probably the worst quarterback in the league, including some of the backups – Sam Darnold's healthy. He ran the offense a lot better last year than Baker did this year. I want, I'm just curious why he's not playing. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know why either. I mean, you, you've tried you've tried Baker and you've tried PJ. Like, at this point, you, you should just try Sam. You've got him on the roster, right? At least audition him. If, if PJ's hurt, then, I mean, you know what you have with Baker. He's He's done. He's lost. Yeah, and then the the reality is that he might not be very good. Now Sam might not be very good either. But again, what do you have to lose at this point? You got him on your team. Yeah, and Sam, at least from what I saw last year, can push the ball down the field. The first couple games he did, then he really fell off a cliff. But yeah, I mean, he's given you more in a Panther uniform than than Baker has. <laughs> yeah, in one week. All right, the Bucks, and that's not saying much, by the way. No, the Bucks beat the Saints in German Germany. Bleh. Um. 21 to 16. Brady just dinked and dunked. Um, death by a trillion paper cuts here. It, it, this was a must win game for the Bucks. It's crazy to say that because they're still in first place, but I mean, they need, they were going downhill fast. It was a must win game because especially when you had the, the Falcons lose, like you need to gain a game on them. I can't believe I'm saying that, but, <laughs> um, yeah, the Seahawks screwed me. I felt really good about them in this game, despite it being in Germany. I didn't really care. I love. I way told the you. What are my rules? You, you don't bet Thursday night games, and you don't bet games that aren't on U.S. soil. Hey, listen, man i I didn't take the cheese. Okay, I should have. I should have taken the cheese. You know that's my game. motto. I. That's why I said it. Um, paying an homage to you and Trent Dilfer. Um, but yeah, I didn't feel good. You know, obviously, Gino did not play a good game in this game, and. You're right about Brady. Listen, he dinked and dunked, but he, he. This is a game they had to win, and that white kid, the running back, he looked good. 
Yeah, I mean, Lenny seems to be done, but he he did look good. Um, I mean, I I don't get it. I mean, Tampa, their offensive line has been a little dinged up this year, but all their skill players are there defensively and offensively, so I just don't really understand why they suck. Because so many guys are in and out of the lineup. Like, Julio caught a touchdown this week. He probably won't play the next two weeks, so he'll get hurt. And I think that's what Brady's been dealing with. Like he just he hasn't been able to build really any continuity with guys like Godwin and and Julio because these guys are constantly in and out of the lineup. Yeah, I don't know. It's just there's a lot of games that they should have won this year. But hey, they're still oh, in first place, right? Yeah, and I don't think any team feels good. Like if the season were to end today, the Giants would 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 play them in the wild card game in Tampa, and I don't think anybody would feel good about that if you're a Giant fan. No, not at all. All right, moving on to the next game. The Lions beat the Bears 31-30. to Justin Fields might be the best quarterback out of that draft. That's that's pretty much it. What a turn of events this year has been. I mean, his first five, six weeks, he was an absolute train wreck. I mean, I will, I will not forget that Thursday night game against Washington. He was awful. And since then, it feels like he's been really good. Yeah, they've turned him into, I mean, this guy might be the best running quarterback ever at this point. And, and I mean, they got him some weapons out there, and they're just – they they finally were like, hey, we're just we're not going to turn him into a fucking pocket passer. We're going to let him do what he has to do. And we know that's not sustainable, but for at least right now, it's been good enough to win some games and and be in contention for games. But how about the Detroit Lions? They sh- they were they were losing this game and they came back and won. They made a lot of plays. Jared Goff in that last drive, and you know this the Lions are not a team that's really indicative of their roster because they have talent. No, they do. They're they're. They're a sieve defensively, which is very odd because Campbell is supposed to be, what, a knee eater or something like that? That's right. Something like that, and, and yet they're they're one of – I think they're historically one of the worst defensive teams ever in football. Um, but offensively, they do have some weapons um, to go around. Are you nervous this week? We'll find out in game picks. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next game, the Dolphins beat up on the Browns. Again, I am continuously amazed by the Dolphins and how smart they were, truly, in the offseason. They're putting up video game numbers offensively, man. Yep. Greatest show on turf. Yeah, and and Bradley Chubb, I know, he, he made a couple plays. He didn't get a lot of snaps this week as he gets integrated with the uh, with the system there, but he, he, you can just tell he's going to make a huge impact down the stretch. The only thing I don't understand about these major pass rushers that they have to get inter- integrated into the system, put your arm in the fucking ground and go get the quarterback. I mean, come on. He's not he's not a wide receiver or a quarterback or a defensive back. That's a really a linebacker. good point. It's a really good point because exactly like your job is to just go kill the quarterback. You can do that anytime for like, what are they really dialing up scheme wise? Like yeah. if you're in the game, you got to be going after the QB. Exactly. I mean, I don't expect him to drop back and pass coverage or anything, but like he should be in there instead of 20% of the staffs, at least 70. I mean, I'm not saying it's the easiest position in football to play, but it's probably like the most straightforward yeah, especially when you're at that elite of a level, right? Yeah, go get the quarterback. That's it. All right, moving on to the next game. Every week the Broncos lose is a good week for me, and the Titans beat the Broncos. They did playing Titans football. Uh, they had a nice flea flicker there for a touchdown pass. This game started off very slow for both teams, but 
I don't know if you saw the latest Russell Wilson thing, but today he showed up to his media availability wearing his uh, armband uh, of plays because apparently that's what quarterbacks do when they're giving uh, when they're giving media availability. Is that a He's thing? A Is that bad? No. It's a joke. Like, what are you wearing that for, bro? Was he? Wait a minute. So. He his was wristband for his that he has all his play calls on. So he took a shower, and then put it he back was in on. Uniform. It was post practice, but I've never seen a quarterback in after practice wearing that wearing that wristband. Yeah, he's an asshole. He's I don't even know why. Guy. I don't even know why. I just think he's an asshole that he even has that. Oh yeah. What the hell because... do you need a, the 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 wristband for? I mean, you you get the plays into your helmet and you regurgitate them out. Well, remember, Pete Carroll made it a big deal that he that uh, Gino wears it and that he never wanted to, and oh. now he's wearing it. So there's that. Well, he still can't get the play calls right at the line of scrimmage, according to most of the uh, Broncos' offensive linemen. I read that report. Yep. Yeah, man, it's been an absolute disaster there. He is really, he has really been terrible. But hey, this is a classic Titans win. Let's talk about them. You know, in the positive light, I know you did not. You were not bullish on them. No, I wasn't. But, season, but I, I, I didn't think that AFC, whatever they are in, whatever division, so. was was going to suck that bad. Um, but they are the class of it. Yeah, they do have that formula though that that could still. We know how they are. Vrabel's the coach of the year, maybe again. No, he's not. Brian Dable. Oh, you said this last week. You're probably yeah, right. You, You're and probably you, and right. You said it last week too, so don't make me keep correcting you. Um, <laughs> the, the Titans were the one seed last year. People forget that. Mm-hmm. Um, Chiefs beat the Jaguars twenty-seven seventeen again. They win. They score, but they don't win as in a convincing fashion as you. Kadarius Tony looks good. Yeah, he does. You know he's going to be great on that. You team. can't get mad at that. He was never going to be good on the Giants. I'm not mad at it. No, he, there's no reason to be. Um, yeah, the Chiefs. I think they're gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm okay with it. I know they were my Super Bowl pick. I'm. I'm. They're gonna turn it on when need be. Also, you don't need to win every game by 35 points. They're. They won a Super Bowl nope. a couple years ago, and they, they covered the spread. One. Yeah, I mean, listen, they were. They're an AFC Championship game or Super Bowl every one of the last three years. So, I, I don't. I don't really care. Go win. It. It's not like they lost. No. They won by ten. Yeah. They, exactly. And another team that won by 10, the Steelers beat the Saints 20 to 10. Um, for some reason, Andy Dalton is still starting. Um, not much to say here. There isn't. These are two teams that are going nowhere. I don't know why Dalton's still playing. Kenny Pickett made some throws in this game that were kind of impressive, but I, I'm still not sold on him. Yeah, although keep an eye on that Steelers defense. It might not be as, as easy for teams to walk all over him because they did get, they lost Fitzpatrick, but they got Watt back. They did, and that team wins when T.J. Watt plays. Yes, they do. Vikings, the disrespected game, Vikings. Game of the year. Game of the year. Beat the Bills 33-30 to in overtime. Hell of a game. It's the game of the year. It was one of the best games I've watched. The Giants were able to put the Texans away relatively early there in that early window, so I went right over to red zone, and I – they pretty much had this game exclusively and do the back and forth and the change swing of emotions. I mean, that Justin Jefferson catch alone on fourth and 10. Oh, yeah. 
maybe one of the greatest catchers I've ever seen, just given the circumstance of it. And then you have the Bills fumble the ball inside their own end zone and the Vikings pick it up. And I mean, just the ebbs and flows of this game truly was amazing all the way down to the end when Allen threw the interception. Four picks in the game. You worried about him? I don't know if I'm worried about him. I will say this. He has that gunslinger in him, and he might need to take the cheese, Tom, right, a little bit more. But and you it's don't interesting. want to get away from what he actually is, right? It is interesting because the last two years he has been doing a good job of it. Just the last couple of weeks he's kind of fallen off. Bills, Buffalo Bills in third place in the division, by the way. Are, are you worried about the Bills, or do you still think that this is a team that's contending for a championship? They're contending for a championship. They're they are on a cra- they're on a collision course with the um with the Kansas City Chiefs for the AFC Championship game. Just nothing that Miami's done that changes your mind. Nothing about no. Nope. When it gets to that crunching time fight. in the playoffs, it's going to be fine. The Bills have a good enough defense to stand up and I think Josh Allen's going to do enough to win a big game in the playoffs. Although I don't know, my jets might have something to say for it. They got the tiebreaker against them, baby. Yeah, they do. Um, and they for play now. them in Orchard park in a little bit. Um, one note here in addition to just obviously how incredible that game was. And just, I want to give Kirk cousins his flowers. He, they got, <laughs> they were down 27 hugs and 10. kisses to Kirk. They were down 27 to 10 and he led that, he led that team back. And Justin Jefferson had probably the most dominant performance I've ever seen by a wide receiver in just one game, just took everything over. Take over. Yep. And, uh, the game in Buffalo this week is is got moved to Detroit because six feet of snow is expected in Buffalo, and you're not making fans sit in that. Now that's a lot. That's a lot to ask. Although, Even honestly, if there was one fan base, I wouldn't I wouldn't count out. <laughs> it would be the Buffalo Bills fans. They would be there if they were allowed to be. Yep. But. I wouldn't be surprised if people still tailgate in the parking lot. I wouldn't either, and they might have to do it in the Ford Field parking lot, but good job by the NFL moving that game and and doing it early enough here on Thursday. Um, Moving down the line here, Colts beat the Raiders in Jeff Saturday's debut, and I don't know, Tom, where do you want to start? Do you want to talk about Derek Carr crying? Do you want to talk about the Raiders? Do you want to talk about the Colts? Where do you want to lead here? First thing I want to say is I want to give, you just gave kudos to Kirk Cousins, I want to give a kudos to us for not taking the Raiders and taking the dumb cheese here, the stinky cheese, for <laughs> going against Jeff Saturday and taking this shit-ass Raiders team that for some reason you would have believed in because of all everything stacked against him in our picks. Neither of us picked them, but I will blow the whistle on myself. I did take the Raiders with an alternate spread of 6.5, and, and I had a Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams touchdown. I'm sorry, Raiders. Uh, I didn't mean to make you cry, Derek Carr, but I know that's the reason why you guys lost. Obviously. Um, you know, I thought the first warning sign that this could be uh, a loss for Vegas was the fact that uh, Jeff Saturday announced that Matt Ryan was going to be the starting quarterback. And yep. I, you know, these veterans who lose their job, they are chomping at the bit to get back out there. And he even had a big run. Like it's, it's, there was enough 
there was enough juju like voodoo going on in the <laughs> air where you could be like, okay, shit, they might actually win this fucking game. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Do I think the Colts are gonna take this and go undefeated the rest of the way? I mean, they're they still have a halfway decent record, no, but they played the fucking Raiders. I want to see Jeff Saturday this week against a good team. I think that he got his win. I think that it was, hey, you, you needed the perfect storm of the terrible Raiders. And congratulations. Congratulations. Um, Devontae Adams is definitely that meme where he's looking at a picture of Aaron Rodgers crying. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um <laughs> Cardinals beat the Rams 27-17 in a battle of backup quarterbacks. Colt McCoy was better than Wolford. Uh, the Rams really are a terrible team, even with the backup quarterback. I don't know if they would have done much different. But maybe the Cardinals looked a little bit better with McCoy than they did with uh, than they did with Kyler. I mean, they 100% did. I, I think Cliff could actually run an offense instead of having to base it around Kyler Murray. I mean, uh, he's very talented, but I think he has his limitations. Um I don't really care about this game. I mean, the only thing was that the Rams are making it really difficult, and the Saints are because I stared at that game for about 10 minutes and then decided to pass for this week in picks. <laughs> well, good for you. I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole, but you're right. There's nothing else to really say about this game. Um, there's a lot to say about this one. I got this game wrong, but I was very, very happy that I did. I did think, in all honesty, the Cowboys would win this game, and I felt pretty good about it heading into the fourth quarter. Packers won 31-28. Yeah, um, Dallas Dallas could have won this game 10 times over. I mean, you want to talk to me about the pass interference missed call on C.D. Lamb. I'm here to listen to it, but, I mean, Dak Prescott, man. Dak Prescott. Was Kirk Cousins wearing a mask? Was Kirk Cousins wearing a Dak Prescott mask out there? I don't know who the hell it was, but, I mean, shit. The, the, the interception that he threw on the 40-yard line or whatever, fine. You want to give me that one. You want to take that one back because C.D. Lamb didn't cut in in front of the defender yeah, when he should have. C.D. ran the wrong route. Absolutely. But the I think it was, if I'm not wrong, I meant to watch this replay, but then I got caught up at work and whatever because I wanted to talk about it. The ball that he tried to force to Dalton Schultz, I believe yep. it was second down into the end zone when – all you got to do if there's nothing there is throw the ball away and live to see another day. I mean, you just can't make that throw, man. And, I mean, listen, he gets he drives the ball down the field a lot of the time, but I just don't feel good when it comes to winning time. Ever since his ankle went in the wrong direction that time a few years back, he does not run the ball like he used to. And, honestly, he doesn't really have the same zip that he used to on the ball either. No, he doesn't. Um, listen, I, I still think he's a very, very good quarterback. Oh, I would take him on my weapons team. For sure. But he does he does make you nervous, man. And when it comes to nut crunching time, there's nobody I'd rather as an opposing fan like to see head coach the Cowboys than Mike McCarthy. <laughs> because I don't care, and I, I don't mean to say this like a troll. I, I truly mean it. You can't be worse than what he is, and this is coming from uh, from a fan base, and I actually kind of feel bad for them, despite the fact how much I get enjoyment out of it. To go from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy in late game situations, it's hysterical to me, dude. On that in overtime when he went for it on fourth and four, 
Can you please explain to me how you're, if you know you're going to go for it, how your third down play when Pollard's running the ball down their throats is not at least a run to Pollard to probably get a first or set up a fourth in inches or one. Instead, you make this terrible pass play where Prescott in, throws an incompletion and now you're set up fourth and four and the Packers can kind of just go all out on, on Prescott. Jair Alexander made a great play. Like, unbelievably terrible play calling and again the clock management it's it's just unbelievable how he can never get this right yeah some coaches Staley um a few others Andy Reid pre pre Chiefs they sucked at clock management but we never really questioned their play calling other coaches you question their play calling but you don't really question their clock management this guy just fucking sucks he calls bad plays in bad situations (laughs) and he can't manage the clock no, no, he can't. And there, it's just such a, it's such the epitome of the Cowboys, right? You're up. Listen to this stat. I'm sure you've heard it because everybody was happy to throw it out there. I'll do it again. Cowboys by leading by two touchdowns or more heading into the fourth quarter were 195 and 0 in their franchise history. And the Packers haven't been scoring many points. Let's <laughs> keep in mind a week ago or a week before this, they scored nine against that terrible Lions defense. Mike McCarthy says, hold my beer. Watch this. <laughs> and wasn't it great, too? Like, he walks into Lambeau at, like, 9 a.m., and he's wearing the uh, trench he's coat. wearing the trench coat. Yep. A couple sizes bigger than, uh, than Lombardi's. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. Oh, man. I can say that because, you know, I've been packing on the LBs that I got to lose for the wedding. Um, <laughs> yeah, just yes, just an absolute joke. I mean, how much longer is this guy going to ride Aaron Rodgers fucking – I'm not – I was going to say coattails because of the trench coat, but I'm just going to say how much longer are you going to tug on Aaron Rodgers' dick when he won that Super Bowl for you? I mean, listen, man, I – I don't. I don't know how he still. I don't know how McCarthy's still coaching a team. I. I, I don't. And nope. the worst part about it is they're going to be just good enough, potentially win a playoff game, where he's he's going to be retained. It's it's literally the Jason Garrett syndrome, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not a disaster. No. Uh, yeah. They're they're just. Mm. Yeah, and, and I don't know. It's like you would think that Jerry being on the back nine. I think he's on the back four. Maybe he looks pretty old. You would think he'd be pretty desperate to put together the the absolute best team from top to bottom, not just players, but coaching staff wise, to get one more ring out of the way before you uh, before you move on to the next world. But it, it just he makes no sense, man. He hasn't made sense since fucking he got rid of Jimmy Johnson. Does Odell go to Dallas? Mm-hmm. Do they do they feel the pressure and, and bring him in? I mean, Jerry's already talked about it. And he's the one who calls all the shots there, so I, I would not be shocked. That could be one of those too many cooks in the kitchen kind of kind of scenarios. Because in a perfect world, he makes a lot of sense, right? Like he did with the Rams last year. But you know, you, you got to feed CD. He gets upset when he doesn't get targets. Gallup is still out there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you like running the ball. Like is Odell? Is yeah. He fit there? And well, we'd have to see Odell's attitude because Odell came in after the thing with the Giants, and then having a having a very very bad few years with the with the Browns, and he was just quiet. It was like I want to get my Super Bowl ring, and then I'm gonna. It's like, do you do you keep that same attitude? And Odell was one of my be- one of my favorite players. I just I think he's electric. Um, 
But do you keep that same attitude? Do you go back to um, Cleveland and New York Giants where, you know, you got the Super Bowl ring, so now you just kind of want to stunt and you want to get that, that next deal? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we'll know that answer for a little bit. I would love the reunion in New York if the price is right. Um, I'd hate to see him win or contribute to any Dallas success, but, you know, it does make sense yeah, as, a, as a fit. I don't think it would be a, an issue. I think Prescott would love to feed him the ball. Um, It'd be, I listen, it makes all the sense in the world uh, because last year you had a, a much better offense with Amari and Gallup on the outside before Gallup got hurt. You get to move C.D. Lamb back into the slot. It would work out perfectly for them. C.D. Lamb, great wide receiver on the outside. He's having a pretty good year. Probably going to have over 1,000 yards, but he's a he's even better in the slot. Oh, there's no question about it. That's where he should be. Uh, and Odell can can still win a lot of outside matchups. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think Odell's probably going to sign, you know, by at the end of November. So we're a couple weeks away. Um, 49ers beat the Chargers 22-16 on Sunday Night Football in a classic uh, San Francisco win. But Tom, I just want to say this, and then I'm going to let you take over. I'm giving your boy Brand Staley a lot of shit. I know you've given up on him too. I got to say that team with the amount of talent on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that they don't have at their disposal, they played a very heartened game, and I give Staley a, a lot of credit for that. It's tough to see. I mean, maybe he's that—he's uh, not a front runner. He can play with his back against the wall kind of thing when you're not expected to win. Um, they, they did put in a lot of effort. I don't know who's coming back this week. I think Keenan Allen practiced. Um, I think Mike Wills, Mike Wills another week out. Um. And Bosa's still not back. But the other Bosa was wrecking games out there and, and that offense with CMC, I mean, it, it's it's almost like I, I know we say that Jimmy G can do can do certain things, but it it almost cancels out Jimmy G's um, flaws in the sense that in other times where when you needed a big play you had to rely on Jimmy G to go out there and drive the ball down the field. Now you put the ball in the hands of Christian McCaffrey and he can make something happen. Well, look at their running game as a whole. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, mean it, was, um, it, was, it was special. Was it Wilson Jr. as well? Samuel. Wilson Jr. Uh, got traded to Miami. Who's their other Who's their other running back? They have another one. Oh, I can't yeah, remember. You got, yeah, Debo obviously is the wide receiver. And you've got – why is the name? It's not Elijah Mitchell. Is it? It is. I think it. It is. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell. Good call. Mm, thank yeah, you. Yeah, because he he had a lot of explosive runs in that game, running behind that offensive line. McGlinchey's needs to stop holding the ball though, or uh, holding the defender though, because <laughs> there's a couple of plays called back, and you don't want to give Jimmy G second and twenties. But um, this offense can you know control the ball. They have every ingredient you need when the defense plays like that. You know, this is the kind of game you're going to see them probably win in the postseason. I was going to say, I, I think outside of Shanahan with with his postseason uh, woes, I think this team's built to win in the playoffs in February. Well, you think about it last year, right? I mean, they win that game in Green Bay. It was exactly that. I mean, Jimmy G didn't have to do a whole lot. He made a couple of throws, but Debo Samuel dominated that game, and they were in position to, to beat the Rams if Jimmy G could have just made one more throw and the defense could have gotten one more stop. Yep. No, no doubt about it. Uh, I think, again, I said, I think this team this year, pretty much the same team, except you have CMC. Maybe you can uh, take away some of those throws that Jimmy G has to make in close games and just let him 
dump it off to CMC and he can make that play for you. Or well, he can have those, the defense on his on, eyes on him. Yeah, I mean, they run those running back and wide receiver screens, which are great play calls. Just get the ball in the hands of your playmakers and get them in open space. As yep. long as that offensive line doesn't doesn't commit a penalty and they're blocking downfield, let's not forget about George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, who was getting open a lot. I know he had that fumble, but he was winning a lot of those post routes in that game. Mm-hmm. And that's the ball that Jimmy G's the most accurate on. So, I mean, they really do have, when you think about it now, as we get to Thanksgiving time, man, they really do have the recipe of a team that can make a deep run in these playoffs when you have a lot of other teams that have legitimate flaws. No doubt about it. They might, We might see them late in the season again. Final game here. You lucked out on this one, Sean. The I Commanders, the Washington football team, beats the Philadelphia Eagles 32-21. to I have to give, I watch this game wire to wire, I have to give Ron Rivera and that, coaching staff and a a, a ton of credit they figured out the eagles they figured out how to beat this team you take away the edges from jalen hurts you don't let him run the read option you take away miles sanders you force him to step up in the pocket which is clearly he cannot do i learned that after about i don't know two drives and force him to step up in the pocket, play out of the pocket, drive the ball down the field, and he can't do it. Well, he also did the most important thing up to that point. You take the ball out of their hands and don't let him get on the field. Oh, yes, that as well, of dominated course. Point of, they dominated time of possession in that game. The Eagles' offense was never on the field. And I got to say this about the, about the Washington football team. I know they're the commanders, but they'll always be the football team. Um, Even though they were for only a year. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's a lot of turmoil on that, on, obviously, throughout that organization. And they leave a lot to be desired. But they can run the ball. They can, run, they can play run defense. They can absolutely open up the ball or open up the top of the defense with Terry McLaurin. And Tom, I got to tell you this this team plays for Taylor Heineke. The sample size is large enough. I'm not saying he's really good, but I'm going to say this a team plays for him. He makes some throws and he, they feed off the energy. I don't think you ever some... want him. I'm oh, sorry, Sean. Sean. In the background? Yes, that is so in the background. I'm hoping he's going to shut the fuck up so I don't have to stop this podcast for a second and go out there and ask him what he fucking wants. Um, I just, I mean, he made some throws like that over the yeah, shoulder throw to Terry McLaurin. I mean, you can't make that throw any better, whether you're him, Aaron Rodgers, I don't care. He reminds me a lot of what Fitzpatrick was. Like if yep. you insert him or Jeff Garcia, like you insert him into your into your team and for four or five games, you know, they're going to feed off him. And he's going to make plays. You don't want him as your starter all year, but he's he's been really fucking good. I'm sorry. I'm leaving this in the podcast. I'm stopping it right now. I have to go get soy. You have to. All right, we're back. Soy, I threw him out the window, so hopefully he can fend for himself outside. Was Soy enjoying my commentary on Taylor Heineke, or was he like, you guys have been talking long enough, shut the fuck up? Uh, he was. He's a big Fitz guy, and he just felt that was slander, comping him to Fitz. So. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Even soy. though those Jets years were way before his time. Yes, I know, but he is a football historian, so uh, he knows all about those Jets years, including the pick that he threw in the Buffalo Bills game to cost us a playoff bid. I think um, he's heard you cry about it a couple times. Yes, and now he cries about it when I bring him up too. But 
Uh, yeah, Soy and Soy and Chai are, are locked in the in the living room now. So hopefully, if they piss and or shit or throw up on the floor, I'm gonna tell Michaela it was your fault. Um, That's good. Well, you, you're not here to get yelled at, so just take yeah. the take the hit for me. All right, anything sure. else about the the Washington football team? Are no, we worried? Just... Are we worried about the Eagles? I'm not. I'm not at all. No. Although they're they're I like I said at the beginning, I do think there is a bit of a formula to beat them. Ball control and take away the edges. Listen, they were the last undefeated team. It's not necessarily because they were the best team. I still think that they're so explosive and can score so many points and they have so many playmakers on defense. But yeah, you're 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 right. And those divisional games they're they're never gimmies, man. Weird shit happens. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, Sean, you ready to talk about the the uh, picks from this past week? I'm not. We can skip it. All right. Well, everybody have a good night then. <laughs> no, I thought you meant the picks from last week. Well, that I too. One, <laughs> that's what I thought you meant because I was one in I was one in three. You know, I have to give myself kudos. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know how many years we've been doing this, but for the first time, I finally realized that if you just keep track every single week of your record and add it up every week, then you don't have to say, oh, at the at the halfway point of the season, I'll do the math. So you said this last week. I know. I'm just, I'm really proud of myself. I know I said it last week. I'm proud of you too. You're doing a great job. Thank you. So with that being said, I went three and one last week. I had the Giants that hit, the Chiefs that hit, the Titans that hit. Did not hit on the Eagles. We both picked that game. You, you went one and three. You had Houston. That did not hit Seattle. That did not hit Dallas. That did not hit. And then Washington, you went against me. That did hit for you. So you went one and three. I have moved to 22 and 16. You have moved to 22 and 17. Our games don't match up because there's some pushes in there in case people are going to talk shit about that. Fucking learn how to learn how learn learn gambling terms. That's all I'm going to say. People really don't know what a push is. Ah, who knows, dude? Who knows? I'm defending myself for the for the stupidity. Um, well, so you're, yeah, you're one up in the loss column. Then. Yeah, I'm half game up on you. That's pretty cool. Um, Jets and Giants bye weeks are done, so we will be talking about them the rest of the season. We'll lead off with your New York Giants that are seven and two. Unfucking believable. They've only lost two games this year, and we are almost in December. Um, Giants at home minus three against the Detroit Lions. What do you think? Yeah, so they're saying this is probably, as Vegas saying, that this is probably a pick em if there was a neutral field. I honestly wrestled with this. I mean, let's let's remember, the Lions, they, they basically shut down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and then they scored 31 against the Bears. I didn't really know where to go with this game, but I'm going to say this. At this point in the season, if I'm not rolling with my New York Giants in a game like this, then I don't know what I'm doing. I picked Houston last week thinking it would be closer. The Giants impressed me. I understand this Detroit team can score points, but like you said earlier in the pod, their defense is a sieve. The Giants can run through that defense. Jones might be able to find one or two open wide receivers. I'm going to take the New York Giants at home, minus three, and they're going to go eight and two. They are going to go 8-2. and two. I am in agreement with you. Jared Goff sucks against the Blitz. The Giants can get a little bit of a pass rush going. and yeah, They Blitz more than any team in the NFL. Yep, and they're, uh, 
Saquon's gonna. I mean, two hundred yards, maybe three hundred this week. It's definitely a possibility. No I doubt would about Kenny it. Galladay re- revenge game, but I know better than to say that. And now, <laughs> and now that I've caught up to you, there's no go against Sean, even though I don't agree with the pick. It's it's make the right pick. There you go. Must be nice now. Ish, we're back. Um, all right, moving on to the next game. The Jets coming off a of bye week. Travel to New England to play the poo-poo platter offense of the New England Patriots. Um, Patriots are favored by three and a half at home. So I guess you would say at a neutral site, Patriots are favored by a half point. Um, Sean, give me the Jets in this one. I know they lost to the Patriots in the first game. This defense is playing out of its mind. Hopefully they make some adjustments. I know... Zach Wilson is probably seeing, you know, having nightmares with a Bill Belichick. But, I mean, if you can't control this Patriots offense, then you don't deserve to win. And I think the Jets are going to win outright. Give me a money line, too. Tom, I fucking love to hear this out of you. I, I was not sure which direction you were going to go. I picked the Patriots, or I'm sorry, I picked the Jets uh, three weeks ago when the game was in East Rutherford. I'm picking the Jets again. Win this fucking game. You beat the Bills. You should have beaten the Patriots last time if it wasn't for Zach Wilson being an idiot and (laughs) having bad penalties. You're right. This Patriots offense stinks. The defense is pretty good. We know that. But so is the Jets defense on all three levels. The Jets are playing at six and three right now. And I'm sorry. This is not this is not your father's Patriots. You need to go and win this fucking game on the road. You beat the Green Bay at Lambeau. You just beat the Bills two weeks ago at home. Go out to Foxborough and ruin the day for all those diehard Patriot fans. Give me the Jets. Let's fucking go. I'm glad you're sticking with my boys. And you know what, Sean? The sperm bank pick of the week, I'm not doing it every week anymore. I'm leaving it for games that I have conviction behind. So I feel that I can put this one in there. Give me the Jets for the sperm bank pick of the week. Whoa, all right. You are locked the fuck in. I am locked the fuck in. This is a massive game. One of the big this this game, we talked about the last Jets game being the biggest game that the Jets have had in a while. This is the biggest game that the Jets have had in a while expectations change you know when you lose to the Patriots you're thinking oh shit now we're gonna lose to the Bills and there goes any momentum no fuck that you beat the Bills you're riding high heading into the bye week you're off another week of rest I'm sorry I I, you've got to win this game man lock it in sperm bank pick of the week all right my third game I have the Cinderella story's over for me it was a nice win but you played the poopy fucking Oakland Las Vegas don't Mars oh, don't care where they are Raiders give me the Philadelphia Eagles on the uh, road minus six and a half this defense is gonna tear apart Matt Ryan he's probably gonna throw six picks in the game they're gonna stifle Jonathan Taylor and this offense is gonna get back to it because the Colts defense sucks as well and there's no way they can do what the Washington football team did Eagles minus six and a half yeah, fuck you. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. I've had this game as well, and uh, yeah, I'm going the same direction. All right, well, I was just writing that down for you there. Um, final game for me, Sean, I, I forgot to give you the picks. I had a couple meetings today, a lot going on, and then I had to make the picks, and the reason why it took me about 15 minutes to get on the phone is because I stared at this board for so long to make this fourth pick. <laughs> And I didn't feel good about anything. I looked at the Saints minus three and a half because I said, oh, the Rams are playing a backup. But 
the Saints put up 10 points last week against the against the Cardinals and their backup. Dude, I don't feel good about that no. against any quarterback. I don't care if I don't care who you put out there. I I looked at the Cardinals Niners, but then I said I I don't know if Colt McCoy plays again or if or if Kyler plays again. I mean, they can hold it to an eight, you know, a, a touchdown game. Chargers, I mean, the Chiefs again, they didn't look that impressive last week and and Staley coaches well from behind I looked at the Bengals but it's like the Bengals have kind of been shit this year and the Steelers are coming off a nice win I think they can keep that game close I I mean I'm just going up and down the list here so finally I'm just going to give you my fucking pick and I got the Baltimore Ravens minus 12 and a half at home wow you're doing it uh you've you've said that a lot this year and it's worked out for me it has a Baker Mayfield starting this game I think that defense Although they haven't played as great as well this year, they got a couple new players coming in. I think that defense is going to tear him apart, and I think Lamar is going to run all over this team. I know they haven't been able to hold on to a lead, but they might win forty to nothing. That was a really big buildup, and I was so petrified that you were going to take another game that I picked. So you can pretty much bank that on a twelve and a half spread. Like there's no way I'm going to agree. I'm not. I'm not going to take that game. So, hey, I, I, I give you credit, and there's absolutely a world in which that happens. Um, I'm going to Houston. I'm seeing the Washington Commanders slash football team down in Houston, Texas. I just watched the Houston Texans play my New York Giants, and they're not a good team. They really aren't. They do a couple things well. Brandon Cooks got back integrated into the offense. I don't care. Um, Pierce is a really good running back. I don't care. Davis Mills, not a good quarterback. Defense, not a good defense. The Washington football team got a great win on Monday night. They're playing for Taylor Heineke. I think this goes another week. So Houston is a three-and-a-half-point dog. Give me Washington in this game. I If that game was three, I was going to take it. That half yeah. point scares me. It does. I understand. I understand. Hey, man. Got anything else going on? Anything for the weekend? We got we got anything? I have no plans as of right now this weekend, man. I'm gonna try to see what it's supposed to be rainy and a little chilly, like mid 40s and raining on Saturday. So I I might not do much, which sucks because it's not a great slate of college football. So eh, might have to might have to maybe find a movie or a show or something or or take a nap. How about you? Eh, not much going on. I got another family, a family uh, engagement party this weekend for Michaela Jesus. and I. This is it, I think. I hope the other one was the big engagement party with all family and friends. Um, but yeah, this will be the last one. That's on Sunday, Saturday. I don't know what I'm gonna get into. It's just, it's that bone chilling cold. Even though it's like 40 degrees, and it's like I don't know. I I need until at least mid December to convince myself if it's 40 degrees out to play golf. <laughs> I say that now, and then if I got nothing to do on Saturday and Michaela's, I don't know, busy doing something, I might just go find myself playing nine holes. But I, I don't know. I, I think I think golf might be unless I find unless there's a day where it's like above fifty five. I don't care if it's a weekday. I'll call in sick to work. I might be putting the clubs away unless I find my way into a golf trip this year. You gotta take one, man. Take take one. Take one in January or February. That's when yeah, it I was, really starts getting get depressing up there. I was yeah, I was looking. I was talking to my uh, Ryan about uh, one. He just took one, and he wants us to go. Myrtle Beach has 
some Arnold Palmer deal where it's $415 for the entire trip minus the flight. And I'm like, that? I mean, I can't be spending the kind of money we spent last year. So $415 for the whole thing with breakfast and lunch included. I don't care if they serve me McDonald's. I'm there. <laughs> but you're probably getting a Waffle House down there. Um, that doesn't sound too bad. Yeah, man. Hey, that's that's something to look into. No doubt about it. Or, you know, there's a there's a nice there's a nice city called Austin, Texas, that you're more than welcome to come to at any point. Oh uh, shit! Winter time, if it's not looking good. What is what is what is the winter like there? Like, give me a. It depends. So last year was really abnormal. Like Christmas Day was like 88. That does hmm. not happen. It's usually in like the 50s. Nights can get chilly. Uh, you're in, you're talking thirties. There's usually like a two week span where every day is in like the thirties. Uh, but then it breaks and you're talking, you know, six or like fifties or low sixties during Oof. the day. So sounds you know, delightful. Well, what's delightful too is because forget about the temperatures. The Texas sun is real, man. It's warmer. Like the 55 here is much warmer than those like rare 55 degree days up in Connecticut. So, uh, Texas Sun, Leon Bridges, great song. It's a great song, man. It's a great song. You are more than welcome to come on down here at any time during the winter. Um, I went to Top Golf last night for a work event. How did that go? It was a rough couple of. Uh, it was a rough first first round for me. The the first six balls I hit, they were they were absolutely atrocious. But I gotta say, by the time the night ended, I, I was driving them pretty good. I was feeling solid. It was the first time I picked up a golf club in like two years. Any video of your swing? Can I analyze it? Uh, there's no video of my swing. Um, I, I wouldn't say. I mean, I would not say it's uh, it's a picturesque thing. <laughs> what clubs were you hitting? Just the driver, just pounding driver. No, I was doing I was doing driver and I was doing um, seven iron. Oh, that's that's just a classic combo right there. How far were you hitting the seven iron? Oh, I was hitting it like. No, oh, I don't even know if I was hitting a hundred yards, honestly. Uh oh. I was like, to... I was, I was aiming for some of those. Yeah, I was aiming for some of those, the different colors, because we were doing a point system. Oh, so okay. I've never been. Here. It's fun, man. It's a lot of fun. It's like it was like my third time doing it here. Um, but I had a good time. It was. It's expensive, I right? I mean, I know moves. you were. I know you're at a work event, so you probably didn't have to pay for it. But yeah, I didn't have to pay for it. But it is expensive. But it's a great time. Uh, really is a fun. Really is a fun time. It's only like ten minutes from my from my place, so it was an easy drive over. Not bad. Not bad. Is you're not going to Texas game this weekend? They're on the road. Texas is on the road this weekend. I don't even know who they're playing, but uh, yeah, they're on the road. And then yeah, so we'll see. And and Saturday's gonna suck, like I said, anyway. So um, I don't know. We'll see what what. We'll see what this weekend brings. Hey, maybe you can find your way into a show. One of the many. Just I don't have any for you off the top of my head, but you can listen to probably twenty to thirty of our pods that I recommended a show for you to watch. Oh yeah, no, there's no shortage of content. There's no doubt about that. Uh, by the way, Paul Goldschmidt won the NL MVP. And we're just waiting on AL. I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion. I would hope. I would hope so too, but there's a lot of Otani love out there, so we'll see. Yeah, from the nerds. Yeah, the Ben Verlanders of the world. All right, everybody, that's episode 265. Tom, have a great weekend, man, and uh, we'll be back next week. Yes, sir, you too. Everybody enjoy and stay, uh, stay warm. Stay warm, guys.